Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm Barry Castanola, the host of the brand new Euro 2020 panel show quiz series, Never Write Off the Germans, featuring a plethora. Plethora? Plethora? Don't know, never said it before. Anyway, loads of your favourite comedians discussing the Euros. We've not had a sticker yeah. album since I was eight. Just had some triples and quadruples. Yeah, I, got, I had a lot of considines. There was a lot of Scott McTominay's. I could make a team of Scott McTominay's, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it. Now, what you should do is you should get all your Scott McTominay's, stick them on your spare room wall, and then invite him round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and having to answer some trivia and tricky football-related questions along the way. In one word, each of you, how would you describe... Robbie Savage's hair. Unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) So search and subscribe to Never Write Off the Germans from wherever you get your podcasts from. Does it bother anyone else? It's called Euro 2020 and it's 2021. I mean, wouldn't have taken much, would it? Just a bit of a redesign on the branding. Hello, welcome to a very special episode of The Spurs Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, finally, this is a show about a manager that will go out. Uh, myself and Theo did one when we were assumed Conte was going to join. Uh, that never saw the light of day. We then did one about a week or so later. We thought Fonseca was definitely signing. That's also the lost show that never be heard again. But finally... Here is a show that will be going out after nearly 70 days of hunting. We finally got the man, well, when I say the man we wanted, the fifth choice man we wanted. We've got him, we could have got him day after the season finished, well, after we left Wolves, but there we go. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Uh, I, for one, will be delighted to stop hearing this bloody DNA of Tottenham line that everyone is trudging out. The DNA, the DNA. Had enough of that. So joining me tonight to discuss our new coach, how he'll do, whether we think he'll do a good job at Tottenham. Uh, my co-host is here, Theo Delaney. How are you, Theo? I'm all right. I'm all right, Mike. Relieved. Relieved? You're still in sunny Cornwall, aren't you? 
I am, yeah. I mean, basking in the sunshine. Lovely. And also joining us from ZigZag uh, TV, Danny Fenton returns. How are you, Danny? Yeah, good, Mike. Pleased good. Uh, we've got a manager. Yeah, I think we're quite relieved. And from the Premier League, Johnny Blaine returns. How are you, Johnny? All good. Thank you for having me again. No, pleasure. Thank you. You, you came on our very first uh, manager show yeah. when we sort of said Ralph Ragnick was being the... Pl- they even <laughs> interviewed him. God, they, <laughs> we, we were linked with so many, so many people. But anyway, the news broke yesterday. Uh, Nuno Spirito Santo, uh, our new coach, on a two-year deal, which ironically is the same amount of time that Mauricio Pochettino has left on his contract at PSG. Uh, no mention yet that I saw in the press about what kind of money. No mention yet of his backroom staff, although I believe Ian Cathro, his assistant coach at Wolves, who was a sort of a journeyman Scottish player, was manager at Hearts for a little bit, should be coming with him. But all those details will be ironed out. Or if you believe all the press, this was a manager that Paratici wanted, uh, but um, Levy wasn't too sure until Paratici sat him down, showed him some old videos. I don't know those videos of Wolves games, it was just some old films. I've, I've no idea. But anyway, <laughs> here, here's our man. Uh, Theo, what, what, what's your first thoughts? Were you punching the air or were you sort of head in the hands yesterday? Well, I, I wasn't punching the air, but I wasn't head in the hands. I think there's two ways of looking at it. I mean, keep turning it over in my head. On the one hand, you're looking at a guy who came like 13th or 14th with Wolves last season. They went backwards. They were poor by most measures. Played boring football, didn't score many goals. Uh, and also before that, as far as I can see with my minimal research, he's had other jobs where he started quite well and then been let go because of underwhelming results. So on that on that basis, I'm worried. But then you look at the flip side of it. He's an impressive guy. You know, I like the cut of his jib. He seems quite cerebral. You see, in that sense, he seems very modern. I think he's got a holistic approach. He's tactically very well respected and very, very detailed. And he has a very good kind of pastoral attitude to the job. He wants to look after the players. He takes a good, a big interest in them as people, as individuals. And he's, he's, he was loved at Wolves and, and was uh, not just in the club, but in the community because he's, uh, he's a good guy. So those are my two, those are the two flip sides. So, I mean, you know, I, I, he's the Tottenham manager, so he has my support purely on that basis. Fair enough. Danny, I mean, my, my, my initial thought was anything has got to be better than last season under Mourinho, surely. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Funnily enough, somebody was telling me a story last night of the actual circumstances of Mourinho leaving, which were quite interesting. I don't know, I don't know if you've heard them and maybe now's not the right time for it. But You, you can I, mention them if there's something new and enlightening. Well, apparently it was uh, Everton away and um, after that game, apparently the senior players said to Levy, um, we, that's it, we've had it with him, no more. And Levy said, don't worry, I'll sort it out tomorrow. And they said, no, we want it done now. And apparently Levy and the senior uh, management of the board went to the airport to fly back. And the players refused to go and was, stayed in the dressing room and say, we're not going until he's got rid of. And then really? The, the next day at the training ground, um, he said he was going to get rid of him and he didn't. And he said, I'll do it tomorrow. And then the next day, Mourinho turned up and uh, Mason was taking training and he hadn't, he hadn't, he hadn't confronted Mourinho. He just literally took the, tra- took the training away from him when he turned up and Mourinho was just wandering around, just sort of bemused about uh, what, what, was, what was going on. Eventually, you know, he told him that he was out. 
it sounds very possible to me. I'm, 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 I'm amazed. I mean, if, I mean, if the fact that that hasn't come out really kind of yeah. until now uh, is well, incredible. What I can't remember is what was the time difference between the Everton game and and the, and the and the League Cup final. So I can't, I can't remember exactly the time difference, but it dra- it dragged out basically over over that period. But anyway, sorry. In answer to your question. Um, anything is better than Mourinho. I mean, I remember Theo saying what a relief it was when when he went, and I still feel that relief, you know, even 71 days later. Um, I suppose the advantage of not hiring um, Nuno sooner is, you know, uh, Levy will have saved some salary on him or not paying him for the last, <laughs> the last month. But, you know, as Dick Cheney said, you know, I prefer the known knowns and the known unknowns, and I actually prefer... Nuno on the basis that he has managed in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, I think it's very important. Uh, I tried to fall in love with Fonseca and I, I actually got upset when he didn't get the job, when I was upset when he was offered the job. But the reality <laughs> is he was he was totally a, an unknown and yeah. probably would have ended up being another Santini, I, I guess. So at least he knows, you know, Nuno knows the, the league. Um, I thought, uh, you know, I saw Neil Warnock say that Nuno and his backroom staff were the horriblest backroom staff he'd ever encountered in, a, in an opposition dugout. Wow! Which to, me, to me was a, to me to me was a massive vote of confidence if if they'd yeah. managed to annoy Warnock that much. And then I saw a video where Nuno had gone to shake hands with Warnock at the end of the game, and uh, Warnock had refused to shake hands with him. So he seems to be very passionate, which I like. Which which you know Poch had. I think that um, you know he. Not not dissimilar to Poch in a way, you know. I mean, Poch came from Southampton. He wasn't like a big, he wasn't a big signing at the time, and he's come from a smaller club. And Wolves are a smaller club. And Wolves, you know, in his first season, they were seventh, and it was, you know, and everyone talks about, you know, what this this great Wolves team that had come into the league. So, I, you know, on that basis, I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I saw his his first interview yesterday, and you know, the Spurs PR machine had done a good job of, you know. Spinning it, spinning it in a way that you know it got me. I got a bit excited about you know him talking about being passionate about Spurs and the journey and the fans, or whatever. He'll so, make us proud, he said. I'll I think he proud. will be a manager who will be on the touchline. We'll be shouting and screaming. We'll put his arm around players, and we'll be everything that Mourinho wasn't, and many of the things that that Poch was. Yeah, fair enough. Johnny, I'm going to ask you a bit about, obviously, the stats at Wolves. Very, very quickly, for those who don't know, he was a kind of journeyman goalkeeper in... Um, he's only 47, for a start. A journeyman keeper in Portugal. He only had 14 appearances for Porto, but he was part of their Champions League winning squad under Mourinho. Uh, when he went to management, he started at Rio Avalé, uh, known for their counter-attacking football. And for the first time in their history, he got them to the Europa League. At Valencia, who was only there for one year, he got them fourth in the first year. He he had a, he played 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, 2 famously beating Real Madrid very, very well. Uh, had a rocky start to the second season, left. Porto, he was only there one year, they finished second. Quite a lot of draws. He kind of played mainly 4-4-2 there and more direct. And he was actually Jorge Mendes' very first client. Obviously, Mendes sort of all over Tottenham at the moment. Johnny, Wolves, obviously, Danny mentioned there, finished seventh. And obviously, last season, they had a lot of injuries, though, last season. And and obviously, their, their star striker was out for the entire season. What's your kind of take on him stat-wise? Um, I think they suffered very much from losing, not only last season, Jimenez, uh, but uh, Jota, 
when he went to Liverpool and Pedro Neto, who I'd love him to bring with if he can go over smashing his kneecap, which is obviously a terrible injury. And Podent, I remember when we drew out yes. Olympiacos. Oh, Podent was the best got player. A fantastic player. He's a bit Looked patchy, really but he's yeah. a bit of a patchy player, but we've got about 20 of those. Um, <laughs> so let's get some more in. Um, but they did have, only the bottom four scored fewer goals last season. Uh, again, I don't necessarily put that all down to him. I just think it went a little bit stale for him. I think they also suffered from having no crowd. I think the crowd really got them going in home games. There just seemed to be no energy to them anymore. Uh, and that may be down to him. He probably he took took him up through the championship with a team far too good for the championship. Uh, and as has been said, in their first season, they were excellent. I remember in their second season, when they beat us at the lane just before lockdown, uh, that was a they, we. I think we went ahead, but they were playing with wing backs and they had pace and energy. And the Valencia team that he managed only the big two, and I think Sevilla scored more goals than them in that season. So he's not a defensive uh, manager. He can. Be, some people, Johnny, have sort of said, "Oh, was Mourinho Mark two. No, I, I think, think, that's, I think that's unfair. I don't. Th- I don't think he's got. I don't think he's got a style. I think he can be defensive if he wants to. I think he can be attacking if he wants to. Um, and there's some good results against big teams. Mm. Yeah, uh, in the it's pretty much big teams. And I think Theo, Theo said it as well. Having, and, and uh, Danny as well, having someone who's managed in the Premier League for three years is massive. I was just saying, I didn't want Fonseca. Then I thought, oh, I really want Fonseca. <laughs> but what, what, do we really want Fonseca? No, we don't. No. Um, did, look, did we, interestingly, would we have wanted uh, Espirito Santo after Poch had gone? Wonder what that would reaction would have been if we'd got him at that point when Wolves were a much more attacking and interesting side than they were, are now. I think people would be a little bit less disappointed. But like Theo, I didn't punch the air. I didn't hold my head in my hands. I'm quite intrigued by it. Um, but as always, what's going to happen with Harry? And we're going to give him some money to spend. Yeah, well, look, that, that's a very important point. Let's go to a very quick break. and we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Back from the break. Theo, uh, one thing that we mustn't lose sight of, I think, the announcement was made on the, during the euphoria of England reaching the quarterfinal of the, of the, of the Europa, European Championship and all that. But what we mustn't lose sight of is the absolute shit show that has been <laughs> the process to get a new coach. From the moment Mourinho sacked, it's from, you know, blessing from the appointment of Mason onwards. It's been... An absolute PR disaster. It's angered many, many fans. I don't know if it's it's true or not. I can only go on what people uh, are, are claiming on Twitter. People who are very low down on the season ticket waiting list are messaging going, I can't believe it. I'm 32,000, whatever. I've got a season ticket. Which, if that's true, means a lot of people are not renewing. Um, it's been handled extremely badly, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's an absolute disaster. I mean, this is a big serious business in a big serious competition and I can't think of another club not even Arsenal who are a bit of a shit show as well let's face it that is that has looked so shambolic recently I mean it's incredible really and I think what we're looking at I think uh, Levy hinted at the problem himself when he made him he made a statement a few weeks ago and said that he'd he was guilty of taking his eye off the ball a bit on the football side because he'd been so distracted by other things off the pitch, you know, meaning like the stadium and and uh, the loss of revenue 
because of COVID and all that. And he admitted it. And I think the problem with Tottenham compared to other clubs, it seems to me now, is that there he he isn't able to or willing to or something delegate enough. He doesn't have a strong enough team of really good people around him. That's why he's hired a director of football, of course. And he's done that before in these situations where he suddenly thought, I can't do this. I can't do this myself. I'm going to get someone else. And then that director of football doesn't normally last, as we know, because he normally... He is, he is an autocrat. And for years, Tottenham have been run but entirely by him. You could say there's one guy above him, of course, Lewis. But there's no one around him who he delegates to and he seems to respect. And in some ways, that's good because decisions get made and carried out very quickly. It's like a dictate. It's like politics, isn't it? Do you want democracy or do you want a dictator? In a dictatorship, things get done quickly, but they're not all good. And sometimes, you know, it's not run very well because there's not enough of a of a collegiate system or, or a cabinet system, call it what you want. So I think we, he, this has all come up now with various factors have come to, and it's been a series, like you say, of, of disasters, lurching from one PR disaster to another. And at the end of it, if you look at it that way, which is it's been incredibly poor, maybe we've this is the best outcome we could have hoped for, because as we've all said, then he may end up being really good, Nuno. It may, maybe that uh, Levy lucks out with him. Danny, there, there was obviously talk about him being interviewed at Palace. Apparently he wanted, according to reports, too many of his backroom staff. Uh, a, a story broke literally a few days ago Fed a batch you in whether this was like his agent going Spurs better get a move on and and maybe all some Spurs oh no it's announced announced maybe they thought and again preseason training starts on Monday if they had gone into preseason training on Monday without a coach uh, and, and 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 the other thing Danny I suppose is most of us assumed oh you know what he's now waiting for one of the Euro managers he's waiting for one of the Euro managers so clearly Danny he wasn't waiting for one of the Euro managers either. No, I mean, like you said before, it's it's all been incredibly chaotic and shambolic and it's all played out in the public domain. Um, you know, I feel that, you know, obviously Jorge Mendes is pulling loads of strings in the background. He probably, you know, played the Fernabache thing and off against Tottenham. I mean, the only thing I do hope is that, you know, now we've got him, that Jorge Mendes, rather than giving Wolves all the best Portuguese players and giving us the cast-offs like Gedison, Fernandes, mm. yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll get. Maybe he'll now give us some of the better Portuguese players. Then, you know, I really like the look of Renato Sanchez from the from the Euros. But I mean, if we get some of the better Portuguese players from Jorge Mendes, that would be would be really good. Um, as Theo said, we've de- we've been down this road before with the director of football. You know, I was just writing them down. Baldini, Arneson, Camoli, Pleat. I mean, it's never worked any time because Levy is a micromanager. And I actually seriously thought that Paratici was going to get sacked before he started <laughs> because you could already see that he was suggesting people. I mean, you know, Fonseca was from him. Gattuso was from him. You know, if you if you believe what you read, then Gattuso only didn't get the job because of the fan outrage at that. Uh, Levy apparently didn't really want Nuno, but Paratici convinced him. I mean, th- there's hardly solid foundations for a great relationship there when they they've already disagreed over three potential managers. So I, I don't I don't know how that one's going to play out. But look, long shorts of it is we have now got a manager, thankfully, um, and. I feel that, you know, he, he's got to be given some money to bring in some players and, you know, and where that money comes from, God knows. But, you know, he's, he, he, we, we've, got to, we've got to back him. And, you know, for every Tottenham fan that I've seen say, oh, you know, 
get rid of him, you know, bring the sooner we bring back Pochettino, the better. We, we've got back this guy. We've got it. We've got to support him. I mean, otherwise, you know, it'll be like Everton hiring Benitez. The fact the fans will, will be mutinous before he's even started. We, we've got to get behind him. Johnny, uh, you know, the, the one thing, again, I think why people generally are kind of underwhelmed. We mentioned the debacles going on. We go back to the European Super League, the fraction now between, the fraction even more now between fans and the board. I think most of us are a bit sort of underwhelmed because we think this is going to be another manager knocked back. Another manager that might get to a certain level and need some more investment on the pitch and not get it. Do you think that's the case? Or do you think if he starts turning things around... And now revenues do start coming from the stadium once lockdown's over. We could see this Spurs that's been promised by the board. Or once all this money comes in, we're competing with the best, blah, blah, blah. No. Do you think this will ever happen with this board? I think we're a long way from that again. But I, I know it's not popular to defend leaving. And I'm not, I'm not going to, it's not defending him. But he did spend money. He did give Jose money. Uh, he spent a lot of money. And then not, of a, not a lot of it went that well. Um, and I do think we've been hardest hit by this pandemic. Every club suffered from up and down the pyramid, but with the whole stadium and none of this revenue, the American football, the concerts, all this stuff that didn't happen, we've been massively affected. Yes, Lewis is sitting there on a yacht somewhere not giving it to us and he probably could. He's got some that he could. Are we suddenly going to spend a load of money? If we sell Kane for 150 million, I imagine we'd probably spend that money. I personally don't think we are going to sell Kane. So how much money do we have to spend? We need to sell, get rid of a lot um, and they're probably not worth a lot. So we're going to have to find some money that is there. Is he going to back him? Yes, I think he will back him. They'll probably all be Portuguese. Um, <laughs> genuinely think they we'll will. We'll finally be. get Moutinho, who we're <laughs> yeah. always linked with every Seven summer. Years, every year, every late. summer, Moutinho. Um, I, want, I, I want Drury, because we know, we, we, we love a useless uh, <laughs> winger, strong winger. <laughs> Jose Dominguez, part, yeah. uh, Mark II, yeah. 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 I, think, I think they play together, Dominguez and... Uh, really? Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, they were, put, they were, yeah, I believe they did. Um, going back to what you said, Theo, I just think what happened after Jose got sacked, they had, I said they had a plan, they probably didn't. But I just think the whole Pochettino and Conte things came up when they didn't expect them to come up. And they pursued those and they failed and they're like, shit, where do we <laughs> go from here? I don't think when they sat Mourinho, they had they even thought for a second that they could get either of those two people. They may have to go through a Potter, a Nuno or whatever, Nagelsmann was the one that they thought... Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann said he was interested in coming. But then and these, the Bayern Munich job came up. And if you believe the stories, Pochettino wanted to come back. His wife doesn't want to move to Paris. She's still in London. And they spoke to Conte. And it was all, all this stuff that could happen that didn't happen. And this is where we've ended up, where we probably should have ended up six weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, going back to this, the start of play, Theo... Um, you mentioned Truori, the fast winger. Uh, obviously, Doherty was the longest-running uh, player at Wolves. Uh, he likes playing wing-backs, two deep-line centre midfielders, wing-backs uh, bombing forward. There's a lot of lightness. If you sort of say Jimenez, Kane, the speed of Truori, um, replace that with the speed of Sun. Theo, you, you can see some similarities in the team, but as, as Johnny and, and Danny alluded to now, Training starts Monday. They've got to him and Paratici have got to quickly decide who to get out, who to move on. And the problem we always have with this board, when you look at these players that need to move on, rather than getting rid of them, the board go, oh, we want a bit more for him. We want a bit more for him. 
you're not going to play them. Get them off the wage bill. Stop haggling over an extra meal. Get the players out. You know, the Sissokos, the Lamellas, maybe even Winks, maybe will never kick on as a Spurs player another one you know OEA is another one um we need a better backup backup goalkeeper we certainly need another another center half there's so another creative midfielder there's so much to be done and presumably power teacher has got a great track record will quickly identify these players we've been linked with some japanese player from bologna that i've yeah. never heard with today yeah. uh, things have got to move really quickly now haven't they before these pre-season games start yeah I mean, as far as the formation he's going to play, yeah, he's a, he he is sort of associated with the with the three sort of three four three or certainly playing three at the back. But then for some reason last last season he stopped doing that, and that's when it always went wrong. Well, the perception with Wolves was they played really really well when they played three at the back. As soon as he tried to go four four two, it, it, it went wrong. Um, so I don't know what he's going to do when he comes. We have got. Wingbacks on the books, though the good news is we got. I mean, Doherty is his own is a wingback that he knows well. Aurier, who probably will leave, but he is a wingback more than a fullback, that's for sure. And on the left, you got Regulon and Sessignon, who are Cessignon's both more back. wingbacks than fullbacks. True. Uh, we've got, and then we got centre halves who can probably play in that system as well. Whether any of them are good enough, if you look at them, you got Toby and Rodon and uh, Sanchez, Tanganga, Dyer and Davis. So we're well stocked. Davis is used to playing in a three for Wales on the left. That works well. Tanganga's a sort of hybrid right-back, centre-back, so he could play on the right, and he's young. He could still come through. Rodon's had a, had a decent Euros. You know, he looks like he's got potential. So we've got we've got stock there. The midfield looks very congested. I mean, Hoybjerg and maybe Skip, maybe they're the – maybe because Skip has got such rave reviews. Maybe they're the two that sit for, for him if he wants two sitters. I mean, I saw him when they – you know, I saw them – uh, like, like uh, you know, they won at Tottenham. I think Danny said just before lockdown, and won well. Went a goal down, but won. But beat us absolutely fair and square. The season before, when we were going well at Christmas, and I remember going oh, to Wembley, Wembley. going yeah. to Wembley. We were going well at that stage. I'm thinking we're in the title race yeah, here. We're going to be up. in the title race yeah. again. And they tore us apart second half again with three at the back and playing just yeah. really exhilarating football. So he beat us. At home, two seasons in a row. Yeah. Also, uh, on their ground, they got that late equaliser, pressured us a lot yeah. last season. I think, uh, you know, he's a good coach. When he, uh, if he, uh, I don't know why why he ditched three at the back last season. Maybe it was to do with injuries and personnel. Because when he plays three at the back, he seems to know very well how to play it. And if he's got the right personnel, he can do it. We've got a, a squad that looks bloated. Like you said, all those people you said, please, Lamella, Sissoko, my God. You know, people like that. Lloris might want to go. There's talk of Lloris possibly wanting to go. I don't think he's got long left on his contract, so he may well have a goalkeeper thing, but maybe that Johnston of West Brom will, will be brought in. I don't know. We've only got one centre-forward, really, unless you count Parrot. And uh, and if he does go, Kane, then we're really, we've are really we really got things to do. You know, well, the loan, deal, the loan deal today ran out on Gareth Bell and Carlos Vinicius. And according yeah. to Bell's agent, we do not have an option on a second no. season. And I I, I, I would be amazed, uh, sadly, for uh, I think yeah. for most Spurs fans, I'd be amazed if we yeah. see Gareth Bale in a Spurs shirt uh, uh, again. Danny, what, what, what's your take on, on who really should be out the door if possible? Well, I think it's very easy to be negative after last season. And there are there is a lot of deadwood in there. But I actually think if you look at the squad as a whole, it's probably better than the squad he had at Wolves. Maybe that's not saying maybe that's not saying much. Yeah. But you know, for him it would be a step up. I think there's a nucleus of a 
of a good squad there. Um, you know, if Skip comes back and perform like he did at Norwich, if Sessignon can come back and perform like he did in Germany, um, I, I, you know, I really like Tanganga. I'd, li- I'd like to see him give a, you know, a run in the team. So I think that, you know, there's a, there's a framework there of a, of a, of a decent team. Um, I think like Theo said, it's not, it's not going to be easy to shift. You know, I think last time I counted, you know, there's probably like 10 or 11 players that we would want to shift from that squad, you know, a squad of 20, 25. Um, Is it realistic we're going to be able to shift that many players? I very much doubt it. And then I don't think we're going to be able to bring anybody in unless we get somebody out. So let's say we manage to get four or five of them out. Then, uh, you know, obviously a lot depends on, on the Kane situation. But I think, you know, we're not going to get more than four or five in. So he, he is going to have to work with the nucleus of that squad, you know, and, and, and work out what is the best, you know, the, the best system for that. And I think, you know, again, as Theo said, I think make the most of what he knows Doherty can do. He's, he's, he's got to be better, Doherty, than he was last season. Um, you know, Reguillon does look good going forwards. He doesn't look very good defensively, but, you know, if we can make him more of a, a wing back, um, I think, you know, the centre midfield, probably, you know, Skip and Hoiberg would would be strong. And Dombele and Lacelso, two players, I think, still have to improve. Uh, I don't quite know where Lacelso's best position is. And Dombele, to me, has to do more in 90 minutes. They're, they're, those in midfield, they to me, are the two key players. I do wonder how this squad will react, having his arm around it and someone they like. Yeah. I think this might be a bit of a gen- generalisation, but I think the so-called French mafia, I don't see Sissoko, Aria and Ndombele wanting to be there, if, especially if one or two of them go. I can't see Ndombele. I mean, I find Ndombele the most frustrating player because he's obviously got incredible skills, but he just doesn't, he doesn't deliver on a regular basis. I think... Similarly, anybody Argentinian doesn't, you know, they're, they're, the Argentinian players were Poch's players and, you know, shame that Foyth's gone because actually he turned out to be a really good player. Um, but I, I wonder where about Lascelles. So, you know, again, he, he flatters to deceive. He doesn't, he doesn't really get a grip of, grip of a game. We are going to see, I think we are going to see Portuguese players coming in um, most likely. So I wouldn't be surprised if Endombele and Lacelso went, if you know, and and Endombele, Endombele is not only I think our most expensive ever signing, but he's yeah, probably he is. he is a player that we could get decent yeah. money for because he's still young and he's still got got potential. Um, I'm a bit torn on Winks. I mean, I know he hasn't really progressed, but then he got frozen out pretty much by by Mourinho, and I think you know. I don't know how much money we, we will get for him. And I think he is a good he is a good squad player. But who knows whether who knows where we'll get the money from. Um I mean Dyer, I feel like Dyer could have been sold about four times in the last couple of years, and yet he still sticks around and he is a Portuguese speaker and and I don't know, it may, it may be that he, he keep he keeps Dyer because I it is worrying that if you know Toby's on it, you know, coming to the end. and Yes, he's the one that we we need a new, would you say, Johnny, a new strong centre-back that will bring the youngsters through experience. We've been linked with this Milan screenier from Inter Milan for so long now. We, we need a dynamic, strong centre-half with a bit of pace. 
I've seen the lad, the guy from Bologna. He's okay. He's a bit of a weird one. I'm kind of mm. it's not. He's not top class. Put it that way. Yeah, he's okay. Um, the squad is good. I mean, the, the names that we've reeled off that we all want to get rid of, but there are players like Ndombele, like Lo Celso, <clears throat> who have let us down, but probably let themselves down by not not playing as well as as we know they can or they know they can. <clears throat> they may improve with an arm around them and a manager that they like and. I think we underestimate how toxic it probably was in the end under Joseph. How great it was at the start when he comes in and he's your best friend and he hugs everybody and they react. And you saw that old Trafford and all these performances. But then it just slowly, slowly disintegrates again. And I didn't think it would happen. I was deluded. I was probably the last one standing for Joseph, but it was rock. He was it was all it all fell apart. What about the pace, Johnny? We've got the pace of Bergwijn still there, the pace of Lucas Moore. Deli Ali is all over his Instagram. He's been out somewhere, getting himself fit, looking good. Clearly means business for next season because this is an absolute must-do-well season for Deli Ali if he's going to become a great player or a player that never, ever reached his potential. We've got similar players in a way, better players, but similar players to what he had at, mm. at Wolves. Yeah. Good wing-backs, some good attacking midfielders. Good number nine. I do believe he'll stay. I've said it again. I'll keep saying it. I don't think he's going to leave. I think he wants to, but I don't think he will. Um, I think we'll sign a couple of centre-halves. They're talking about Cody. It's very easy for the media just to link players, Wolves players to Tottenham now. Um, I think we'll be okay. And we're not going to pull up any trees. I can't see us getting in the top four, but who knows? But it's the more, the, it's a bit like the Fonseca thing. The more I think about it, the more I'm excited about it. Uh, but we do, we say this every summer though, we need to get rid of some of the deadwood and they're still here. How long has Lamella been here? How long has Sissoko been here? Um, it's got, we've got to mix it up. But with the end of it, with the Euros not finishing for another week or so, just it's not a long time before the season starts. Um, and we're, going to, we're probably going to go into the season again, not, you know, not being ready. And not all the club, no one's going to be ready, are they? But we're not going to be ready. True. The good thing, Theo, is obviously with the, with the pre-season, there's none of this ridiculous trips to the Far East or South Africa. We've got these two charity games against Chelsea and Arsenal. They've just announced a game at Leighton Orient, a game at MK Dons. Um, you know, not that inspiring, but kind of makes sense, Theo, that, that um, he gets them in one place and in the country and can work with them well here. What? Um, what do you think he's going to do with some of these players? Do you think do you think he's going to do that thing a lot of coaches say when he goes, everyone's got a chance, everyone's in my plans, show me what you can do? Or do you think he's already had someone in his ear going? Because you know, presumably Mason King will stay on. He'll have people within that club who, who've worked with Mourinho uh, you know, beforehand and know what they can do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he seems, like I said right at the beginning, I think he seems like a good guy. He seems like a, an intelligent guy, a guy who isn't driven by ego. Uh, so I think he'll come in. Why wouldn't he? And give everyone a chance, have a look at them fresh on the training ground. He will get all the information he can. He'll know them well enough. He's been in the Premier League long enough. He'll have seen them all play and he'll he'll have a, a database in his head, won't he, about, about our players. But he'll look at them on the training ground, he'll, he'll, he'll assess their attitude. And I hope he'll do what Pochettino did, which is he'll take some of them and he'll, and he'll transform them. Pochettino did that. He brought young players through. I mean, he basically transformed Kane. I mean, you could argue Kane was always going to do it anyway. But, you know, he made... Pochettino turns up at places and makes players better than they would have been. And I think this guy might have that about him. And what we know about Lachelso and Ndombele is when we bought them for colossal amounts of money, it was because 
they looked like very special young players. And for most of their time at the club, they had to play under the poisonous bastard Mourinho. So now, <laughs> you know, he may well bring out of them. I mean, I always thought Ndombele was just browbeaten and and all of them actually by Mourinho. And, and, and he was made to, to work in the engine room and do a lot of running around and closing down and tackling and winning the ball. It's not his game, is it, Ndombele? Let's be honest. I mean, he, he's an absolute, he's a player player. And, uh, and Lo Celso, I always thought the Chelsea of the two of them was probably more suited to playing deep. But the Chelsea also is a touch player, is a passer. You've got to give these players their head. And I think those two in particular, it may not work, but I think those two in particular will be given a chance by him to really pr- properly become what we thought we were buying. And I think he might transform a few other players and, and surprise us. But also in the same thing that with Poch, Poch got rid of a few quite quickly. He made up his mind pretty quickly who was good, a good influence in the dressing room. A lot, who of, was kind of, senior, a lot of senior players and one out, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. And I, from what I read, I know you read it as well, that thing in The Athletic about how he operates. If you don't buy into what he's doing and what his plan is, that's it. You, you've you forget it, you can go. And that's good. I mean, that's where it's got to be. So I think we'll see, I think he'll surprise us with some players will co- will develop, but this always happens with a new manager. Some players will suddenly emerge and be better than they were and others will, will you know, disappear one way or another. Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be very exciting. The one big advantage that he's he'll got, please God, is come August, we'll certainly, some of us will be back in that stadium and cheering him on. Very, very quickly, don't forget, you can still get a daily Spurs show, daily updates, uh, patreon.com slash Spurs show. Uh, check out our new series running all the way through the close season, top 10 Tottenham. Uh, thank you so much for your feedback. Uh, loads more great ones coming up. Uh, we'll start our live shows again from September. Uh, if you want to come to our monthly live shows, go to season.spurshow.net. Sign up and get a season ticket. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Danny, Johnny and Theo, uh, I feel quite positive after that show. I think that was quite positive. We were quite... Yeah, well done. Well done, everyone. Uh, That's it. We'll be back for another Spurs show uh, just before uh, the season starts, the week of the season. But don't forget, every uh, two shows a week of Top 10 Tottenham to keep you going in the close season. Uh, Very very quickly, let's talk about England. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts with England? Three games away now from lifting our first major trophy in uh, uh, 50-odd years. Do you think we're going to do it? Yes. I do. Wow. I mean, I I, uh, I was at the game against Germany the other night. The atmosphere was incredible. Mm. Um, it was so you know, it, it was so good when Kane scored. It felt like oh. it was to- it felt like Tottenham was scoring a goal, and you know, and it all- obviously added another twenty million to his price tag as well. <laughs> but um, I feel like I mean, look, we've been here before. It's the hope that kills you, but we should beat Ukraine. And if we beat Ukraine, a semi and a final at Wembley, it's it's. It's the best chance yeah. we've had since '66. Yeah, very true, Johnny. What, what are your what's your gut feeling on it? Yeah, like because I was fortunate to be there Tuesday, and you just sort of feel the relief when the first goal went in, and relief and the belief. I think we'll get to the final. Whether we'll win it, I don't know. Um, it's a shame Saturday's not at Wembley because it'll be a very different game in a half-empty stadium in Rome. But I think yeah, we'll have too much for them. And I think, yeah, I think we'll get to the final. But what happens there, I don't know. Theo, what do you reckon? Do you think it'll be a Belgian or Italy versus England final? Or do you think there's going to be more and more surprises still to come? 
I think if we don't get to the final, it'd be a disaster, really, because I think we've got no no business losing to Ukraine or the winners of Denmark and the Czech Republic. But uh, in the final, as Johnny says, I mean, Italy looked probably the best team left in it, so they would give us a very hard game. Belgium, suspect at the back, no question. We know a lot of their players, though. We know only too well. We know all their players. Yeah, we we know them, their North London, creaking Mm. North London back line. um, So I think (laughs) I fancy us, funnily enough, against Belgium, especially with their injuries. And I think we give Spain and Switzerland a right good go as well. I think Italy would would be difficult. But, you know, as I say, if we don't get to the final, it will be actually a bad outcome. But if we get to the final, I think we've we've got, definitely got a chance, definitely a very good chance, I think. Do you think, Danny, if, if England win it, do you think that might impact on Kane staying or going? One could argue if we win, a bit like uh, Gascon and Lineker, they came back to Spurs, there was a great football feeling, everyone was so happy. Could Pomani use that argument or am I clutching at straws? No, it's funny, I can remember that game, mm. you know, when uh, Lineker and Gazza came back and it felt like, you know, they, they had that extra lift and and and, and maybe... If England won it, it would quench Kane's thirst as a as a winner. He could say, "Well, look, I've won I've won I've the won Euros. Something. You know, yeah. I don't have to go somewhere else to win something." So that 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 may well help. I mean, I think like Johnny said, I I don't think that Levy's going to let him go this this season anyway. So you know, it'd be better for us if he wins it because it you know it will. It will make him play more freely, I think. And you know, I don't think Kane's actually played very well. I mean, if no, I was the hasn't. manager, which thankfully, thankfully I'm not, I would have taken him off uh, after about no. When he went down with that knock, I would have taken him off because he just. I was watching that game. Fortunate to be there, I was watching Kane running off the ball or not running off the ball compared to what he does at Tottenham. He barely moved. I mean, I don't know why if it's still got a knock or it's psychological, but he just didn't look the player that he is uh, for Tottenham. But, you know, if... Unless unless he's been told, look, I've got other players there. You don't need to keep coming deep. Stay up front. Stay where you can score goals. Hence the goal. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe how little he was making runs all over. It was almost like he was told not to. I mean, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but it was very unusual to see, wasn't it? Right, both goals came when they got players near him, which they yes. haven't done for three and a half games. Yeah, um, absolutely. He looked a bit heavy legged though. I'm not saying he looked heavy. Uh, I think it was Barney Ronnie said he was playing like he's got a mahogany sideboard on his back. Um, yeah. But he, yeah. he doesn't look—he doesn't look unfit. He just looks heavy. Maybe he's mentally and physically tired, but his legs look—he just looked sluggish. Mm. But the only time he looked effective, it was only about five minutes before half time is when he dropped deeper into yeah. that mm. uh, number yeah. 10 role that he prefers to play at Tottenham. And then yeah. he started to, you know, get get on the ball. And and I think, again, in the second half. But I think when he's playing that number nine role, he just he just seems to be, you know, uh, a spare part. Well, hopefully that goal will will lift him now, as it, as it did for Shearer uh, in, in, in 96. Once he got his first goal, he, he kicked on. Let's hope it's the same for Harry. Theo, thank you so much uh, for joining Pleasure. us from sunny Cornwall. Johnny, thank you very much as well. Enjoy your summer. Danny, speak to you soon. You're going to be yes. coming on Top 10 Tottenham soon as well. Looking uh, forward thank, to it. Th- thank you everyone listening at home. Until next time, Cowardly Spurs! This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.